Who dat? And welcome to a brand new episode of the Who Dat Dish podcast. We are part of Who Dat Dish and Fan Sided, providing you with the best Saints podcast this side of the Mississippi. We hope you are having a great Tuesday and start to your week after the heartbreaker from Sunday, which we'll talk about in just a bit. As always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown. Who dat, guys? I'm your other host, Tyler Raymond. We want to thank all the uh, listeners here for tuning into our podcast, for checking us out on Twitter. Which you haven't, by the way, that's at the WDD podcast. During the offseason, we'll be doing a lot of polls, having surprise guests often on the show. So make sure to check us out, follow us there, so you have to date with everything. Today, though, we have uh, we have to fight through disappointment to recap what went down on Sunday with the Saints and the Vikings. Uh, joining us is a guy who <laughs> will be smiling a lot more than the rest <laughs> of us this week. He was actually on the show last week. He's a site expert over at Viking Age, also part of Fan Sighted, and a longtime host of the Purple People podcast, which can be found on iTunes and YouTube, just like us guys. Please welcome back to the show two weeks in a row, Adam Carlson. How are you, Adam? Oh, I'm doing great, and thanks for having me back. You're talking about this heartbreaking loss. I don't remember that. When did that happen? Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, Adam. I, I see. I see. <laughs> it's, it's, it's. It's uh, oh. it's it's a little bit different on this side. And, and it is. It's, it's weird talking to people on both sides of the situation. <laughs> right. I mean, really for is. us, it was all elation. I mean, going and watching a lot of the you know YouTube reaction videos of just yeah. people going from pure excitement to watching Pretty Saints famous. fans throwing their TV off the balconies. Yeah. You know, I saw I saw that one with the guy who threw his TV out. I don't know if that was fake or, or what, but if it was real, I mean, like, whole, that's what... I hope there was nobody down there. Right, exactly. And that's what we all felt inside, too. Like, like, like some of us oh, had to get outside, but that's what we all felt inside. I've uh, felt that pain before, trust me. What? Hey, what Dayton. A, yeah, what's up? Uh, I, you know how one thing we forgot to do last podcast I have ready for us this podcast? What's up? What's that? Hey, the Saints still lost, but that still, uh, still means I can still play a hit to Sean Payton, right? Do, hit the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have it right now? I have it right now. You, you play it, play it real quick right now, and then we'll we'll play more of it when we do the season recap later this week. Okay. But yeah, we did we did forget to play it last week. Played a little bit. Hit the Sean Payton. I can get my. The, the, this might this might brighten up our moods a little bit, but um. Oh man. And, and 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 this was the celebration before, uh, obviously before, there you before go. Sunday. So that um, yeah, that no, that was awesome. That was awesome. Thanks, Tyler. So Adam, obviously you're feeling really good. Um, we're we're gonna get into a little bit more about your feelings, but real quick before we get into anything, plug away at your social media where everybody can find you. Uh, let them know where all the links are, where where uh, they can listen to you talk and, and write your uh, work. Or, or oh, read, definitely, yeah. Read your writing, sorry. You can head on over to the Viking Age. I have already published a couple articles that might ruffle you guys' feathers a little bit. I just did one like about five minutes ago, which I don't know if you're not listening to this live, which you won't be. But, uh, yeah, there'll be some good content up there on the thevikingage.com if you want to check out the other side's perspective on that. Otherwise, like you said, you know, YouTube, iTunes is a Purple People podcast. We already recorded our episode of that. And um, a couple of my uh, co-hosts on there were pretty riled up, and there were some some foul language being spewed. I'm a bit more calm than they are, so yeah. uh, it's worth checking out just if you want to hear a little bit of that. And if you're a big fan of The Walking Dead, check out undeadwalking.com. Lots of great articles on The Walking Dead. Great time to be excited over there. Uh, season 9 just got renewed. You got the second half of Season 8 coming up. Fear The Walking Dead Season 4 coming out. It's a super exciting time in the comics. 
So, yeah, if you're into The Walking Dead, head on over on deadwalking.com. And also, you can download apps on both, you know, Apple and Android devices for all three, I believe. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, let's move on to that exciting game with the Saints and Vikings. So, sorry, Saints fans. I was right there with you. I cried a little bit. This one hurt a bit. Um, yeah, so it was the divisional round game between the New Orleans Saints and the Minnesota Vikings. Of course, it was in Minnesota. It was an exciting game, but for the first half, the Saints really didn't do much. and Nothing seemed to go their way. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings were pretty dominant on all cylinders, you know, in the first half. And things changed a bit. Uh, it's funny. Not everyone is really giving uh, Marcus Williams the credit, but he actually really had a, a game-changing interception that really changed the tides for the Saints a bit. They were down 17 to nothing at the half, but ended up pulling through, scored a couple touchdowns, and they blocked a punt. Things had rolling their way, and they got really close uh, with under a minute left. They were 20, winning 24-23. Then came Case Keenum. Case Keenum found Stephon Diggs over to the sideline. Marcus Williams uh, boxed the tackle, and Stephon Diggs kept on running, and it was a heartbreaker, Saints fans, but... Hey, let's move from Minnesota, shall we? They ended up being the better team, and they are going to the championship round against the Eagles. But let's discuss this, shall we, this game. So, obviously, it was a heartbreak in New Orleans for utter bliss in Minnesota. Let's start with you, Adam. What did you think of the game overall? What were your thoughts going to, the, uh, going to halftime? What were your thoughts leading up to the final minutes? What did you think of the game? Uh, like I said last week, I think that these were the best two teams in the NFC, and I would have loved to have seen this game be the conference championship because both these teams deserve to be further. They've got the talent. They've got the ability. And I really believe that, as I said, this year, these two teams deserve to be there, and the winner will represent the NFC in the, in the Super Bowl. I've said that before, and I still believe that. Uh, that said, I did not expect the Vikings to come out the way they did and handle things in the first half. And uh, I'm going to be talking about a lot later, but I'm going to say one thing was the catalyst that really changed everything for the Vikings and really changed the entire mindset of the team that allowed frustration to happen. It allowed anger to come out, and it got Minnesota off their game so badly. And um, it, it was just that quick switch that flipped, and everything felt so different. And it, it was that feeling of utter hopelessness hopelessness with 10 seconds left on the clock, uh, no timeouts, and your Vikings fans are just sitting there looking at the TV saying, this is happening again. Yeah. Uh, and we, we've felt that before. We've been there before. And it, it did not feel new in any way. It, it just quickly turned from any sense of hope to dread. And and then, obviously, that, that play with Diggs happened. And you, I, here, here's the thing. After everything that's happened to you guys, you guys, no doubt, as a fan base in Minnesota and in the franchise as a whole, you guys deserved that something like that to happen to you guys. No, it was through, oh, it's about through, time. Through, through everything you've gone through, the you know the the Super Bowl conundrums back in the day, um, uh, the the interception Brett Favre uh, against the Saints yeah, back what, in back in whether the whether it's Gary Anderson, Blair Walsh, yeah, you know yeah. Brett Favre, whoever it is, those playoff crushes they. They never leave your mind, but then you get some good memories like this as a Vikings fan to help, yeah. you know, calm those down a little bit. And, you know, right now it's great to be happy about this, but in, in the end it does matter, you know, how the season ends. And uh, it's Philly and then hopefully 
the Super Bowl, hopefully. Oh, hopefully a home Super Bowl for the first time. Oh, that'd be beautiful. That would be awesome. Yeah, and if this was the NFC Championship game, and I'm on with you, I would have loved to see this be the the, the championship game in the NFC. Absolutely. Just these are the two best teams. Imagine if that happened in the, to get you guys to the Super Bowl. Like, if that play oh. ended it and brought... I mean, obviously, it was already wild, and just imagine how that would be, and imagine how, like, (laughs) triple the heartbreak for us. Uh, Uh, What were the numbers on it? Uh, 43 million people were watching the game live for the final moments? Yeah, and which was, I think, one of the highest divisional round, maybe the highest divisional round, um, for at at least just that one moment. Um, I don't think constantly throughout the game it broke any records, but for that one... Yeah, people turned there for those last couple moments, and... Wow, and they, they 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 caught a doozy. They were not disappointed. Uh, in terms for so for the Saints on the other side, obviously down seventeen to nothing at halftime. You can just look on Twitter. You can just go back and look at the tweets of of all these Saints fans. Everybody was in dismay. Everybody figured that the season was over at that point. Uh, I and, off the TV, Dan. To be honest with you, what's that? I shut off my TV. I went upstairs. Yeah. I I completely shut my door. I was upset. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. This is like. Of course, the Saints can make it to the divisional round, but how they played, you know, it's just pathetic. Yeah. And then, uh, you, it's funny. Sorry to interrupt you, man. You're but, good. Um, Go ahead. I, I was following, you know, uh, on Twitter just for the heck of it, you know, because I was curious. You know, the Saints were playing, you know, upset me. And then, you know, they scored a touchdown, then the interception. And, and like, my dad was upset, too. He, he turned the channel. I'm like, Dad, we need to turn the channel back on. The Saints are making a comeback. Yeah, and we were both shocked, and we were we were both speechless. But yeah, yeah, it wasn't. Perfect. It's one of those moments. Continue. It's one of those moments as a fan when you're watching the game and you go, "Okay, I've been watching this game for the entirety of the first half. If I don't come back in the second half and I'm not watching, maybe they'll start doing good again, and, and then I can just turn <laughs> it back." And that, exactly. that's the feel. That that's how it was, and 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 luckily for we we were right this time. Uh, the Saints somehow fi- found a rhythm, um, but. Early on, it w- it w- still wasn't. I-, I could still tell that these teams were the same from the first half. The Saints were just executing better, um, and we never, ever, ever got a run game going. And I think ultimately that's that's what killed us um, because Mark Ingram just got bottled up. We only had eighty total rushing yards, uh, and and you got to credit uh, Latavius Murray and Drock McKinnon for for having good games, especially really good first halves. Uh, Murray ended up getting the ball more than McKinnon, which I don't know if you were surprised by that. I was kind of, um, but, uh, and, and, and I think the other thing that, that really frustrated me throughout this was the penalties that the Saints got. Um, we, oh, we had seven and the Vikings had four. So, you know, we only had three more, didn't hit double digits, but we were penalized for 97 yards and the Vikings were penalized for 30. And some of these penalties were absolute killers on the Saints. Uh, one of them was a 34 yard pass interference. Uh, which I believe was on was that Ken Crawley's penalty, that thirty-four yeah, that yard. Was, that was questionable though. The receiver held his arm. That was blatant. Th- there were a couple of questionable calls um, for sure. I think every game is going to have those. But then again, I think that there were some that Saints fans were questioning that were actually pretty legit. Uh, mainly the one on, I, I think it was um, Marcus Williams on Stefan Diggs in the end zone when he kind of grabbed his arm. Oh yeah, and he like fell over him. Or... Yeah, that was a penalty. I saw a lot of Saints fans yeah. saying, you know, he flopped. That was that was a legit penalty. Um, but I'm with you on the one where Diggs reached back and grabbed the hand of the player. I mean, yeah, he might have been grabbing his jersey, but for Diggs to reach back there and grab it to kind of accentuate that, yeah, his hands there. Yeah, I don't know. It it almost 
moves into no call territory. Exactly. Yeah, that that should that should have been. But a no it's borderline. I can see why it was called, even though I would understand mm-hmm. if it wouldn't have been. Yeah. Yeah. And and I and I don't think the the referee officiating was was biased in any way. The Saints were ju- just the penalties that they got called for were just absolutely killer yardage wise and 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 that well let's be honest too minnesota's wide receivers have so much speed yes so great at running routes yes that you know it's it's difficult to stay with them without being extra physical and yeah. we saw a lot of physicality especially in the secondary on both sides you know who adam thielen reminds me of and and this is probably because i'm a northwest guy and i hear a lot about this guy and i have watched a lot of tape on him back in the day and i'm totally not comparing them just because they're both uh white wide receivers but uh, Adam Thielen reminds me a lot of Steve Largent back in the day because Largent was fantastic at route running, uh, getting open, finding the open space, knowing the defenses, and that's what Adam Thielen did this entire game. On top of he made some ma- incredible catches. On top of making incredibly athletic plays, uh, that that I think it was a catch right over Marshawn Lattimore, similar to the Diggs play where he where you guys won the game. Uh, Thielen goes up and just snatches it out of the air from Lattimore, and and he had also got. I think the, a penalty was thrown on that play as well, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, for for a hold on Lattimore, and Thielen just goes up and grabs that ball. So um, it, I think it was smart on the Saints to put Lattimore on Thielen, but uh, Thielen kind of roasted him for for a lot of this game, and 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 that's not something we're not really used to. Thielen, but he definitely six, didn't make it easy. That's but for sure. he definitely didn't make it easy, right? He didn't give up a, a hundred yards against Thielen. He had seventy four, but Diggs had one hundred thirty seven yards, including that sixty one yard um, score at the end of the game. So, uh, and and again, I think I think you got to credit Case Keenum. Uh, Tyler, what are your thoughts yeah. on the game? Obviously, sec- first half was bad. Second half, what were you feeling as the Saints were starting to build some momentum and coming back into the game? Um, I was just nervous, man. I was yeah. actually shaking. Like the last few minutes, I was shaking, you know, and yeah, everything seemed to go to go their way, you know, at the very end of the game for the most part. You know, the funny part is, like, me and my dad, we love football so much to an extent. We're days after. Like, it's been so many days after right now, and we're still talking about, you know, what if they got this? Or what if this happened instead? You know, and just why follow the game? It was interesting, you know? Like, yeah. I, I feel like the Saints, whenever they play great opponents, they always seem to perform. You know, I, I can't recall the last time uh, the Saints were in a divisional... Uh, the Saints were in the divisional round of the playoffs and haven't given a good game. Now, there's been times where, unfortunately, the outcome hasn't come out the way the Saints have wanted. For example, against the 49ers so long ago, or in this case, this game, but it, they performed, you know, they gave me my money's worth, it was just unfortunate how it ended up happening in the end, you know, and yeah. I think you're the one who pointed out, the Saints were, they flipped, you know, like yin and yang, night and day, they were they were really doing nothing on on offense or defense to begin with, you know, the first half, and then something just clicked, Drew Brees went vintage Drew Brees, he threw three touchdowns in the second half, Michael Thomas, uh, sorry, Adam, uh, he he was all over roads. He he blew those. Uh, he blew the road wide open. You know. Um, hmm. Oh wow! <laughs> like my uh, uh, my uh, usage of words there. I didn't but, like yeah. that one, but that's okay. <laughs> I, I couldn't think of uh, the roads were closed, but Michael Thomas opened them. Okay, but that, um, yeah, that's a little bit. Uh, more. Michael Thomas. Was, uh, so uh, is now the right time to be talking about all the Michael Thomas stuff. Uh, sure, if you want to. I was actually going to ask, uh, Dayton, what did you think uh, kept the Saints in the game? But, I don't know. Overall, for me, though, it was exciting. It well, was devastating and exciting. Yeah, while we're but, on, yeah, Michael Thomas, just, go ahead, Adam. 
All right, so the turning point in this game was Michael Thomas laying that hit on Anderson Dejo mm. and getting mm. him a concussion. You saw the entire defense get flustered. Yeah. Xavier Rhodes had to be restrained, yeah. got brought to the sidelines. Mike Zimmer had to calm him down. The defense was never the same after that. Yeah, uh, They were never able to compose themselves. Even uh, Xavier Rhodes himself, who was playing with an injury and having trouble, and he got that in his mind. I, I believe that it was a mindset change in the Vikings where the, the anger took over and they started making a lot of mistakes. And don't get me wrong, nothing against Drew Brees. And you know some of those amazing passes he threw, especially the one to Kamara in the end zone, that was, wow, just dropping a dime there. Yeah. But would do more fades, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, it was that play right there that I think changed the entire scope of the game because it it changed the sideline feeling. It changed everything. Uh, The secondary is so together as a group in Minnesota. Yeah. And for Rhodes to be right next to him when that happened, I'm surprised that Rhodes didn't react in a more uh, violent and just different way right like even i wouldn't have i wouldn't have blamed him for attacking him i wouldn't have uh, you got to credit sandejo too for that first half interception he had um, he was having a fantastic game he before was having, that happened. he was having a great game that play that he made the the average safety isn't making that play and, and yeah. so sandejo stepped up in a really important moment uh you know if drew Brees waits a couple more seconds i think that he's going to be able to get that completion down the field but or even I, if he just gets a little more air under it. I or, mean, it was a little underthrown. Right. Because Sandejo had, had, to, had to jump back. He had to make a, an athletic and great play. But I, I think Debris kind of underestimated uh, Sandejo's ability um, in terms – and, and, again, I, I think that he would do that for most safeties um, throwing the field. So credit Sandejo. But uh, in terms of that hit, Adam, uh, that you're just referencing, the Michael Thomas hit – is that in, in, in Vikings fans' eyes? Because obviously for, for in Saints fans' eyes, we don't really view that as dirty. We know Michael Thomas. We don't think. Do you think <laughs> that had any dirty intention, intentions behind it? Like if you do, that's that's totally – I totally understand. We're, we're, we're probably not going to 100% agree with that. But do, do, did you think that had some dirty intentions behind it possibly? I, I don't like lowering the shoulder to go into the player. I don't like that. Yeah. I feel like they could he could have done more to not – you know, put so much physicality on a player who wasn't even really looking at him. It was more of a blindside hit, and I don't agree with that. Uh, but it is football. It was a bang-bang play, and um, I, I I kind of expect the NFL to lay a fine on him. Okay. I, I, I do, too. I think so. But, but yeah, I mean, it, it happened. I'm not happy with it. Yeah. But... You know, it is what it is. Yeah, and and I, I think the final will come just for the fact what you just said, the lowering of the shoulder. Uh, and it was, yeah, and it, like you said, it's a bang-bang play. It's it's tough. Um, and I, again, I, I, I don't think Thomas had any dirty intentions. It does look like, you know. He, it did look was, bad, but it did may not bad. have intended but, it. But, and yeah, exactly. So, and, and whether or not you mean to intend it. So, I, I was actually surprised the flag wasn't thrown on that play. It was thrown and picked up. You, right, right, and I, that's right. I'm surprised that they ended up picking it up and, and not calling it. I Yeah, I, I'm shocked by that, too. I would have been a little bit Because Sandejo had a similar hit earlier in the season, mm. and he was suspended for a game and fined. There there was one other penalty uh, that I wanted to talk about real quick before I get into the question Tyler asked me. Um, there was the uh, penalty called on the Saints for, and, and this was a good call. Referees made a good call. Uh, when uh, he was hit on the helmet. 
by, I believe it was David Onamaya. I could be totally wrong, but he got hit on the helmet, which is a, a penalty if, if right. you know, once the, once the quarterback releases the ball. But I think the, the drive, or maybe the drive before that even, uh, Drew Brees got hit on the head in a similar fashion, yeah. and no penalty was thrown on that play. Um, and again, that that's that definitely kind of, could have been called. And def- I, I think both of them were similar enough for it to be warranted a penalty. So other than that, I think the game was called, you know, near near perfectly. Uh, I, I do think that, that again that Michael Thomas won. Usually, you do see the refs. Um, obviously, they threw the flag, but you see them actually call it, not pick it up. And uh, I wish they would have uh, called that penalty for the. I, it's technically roughing the passer on Drew Brees for hitting him in the head. Um, but in terms of what kept the Saints uh, in the game, uh, you got to yep. give it all to, to Easy Breezy Beautiful uh, Drew. He kept us in this game, and the experience that he brings for this team is bar none. Uh, we'll talk about his future with the team later on this week, but he is saying that he wants to stay, and I really hope he does uh, because he showed his Drew his true gunslinger. His Drew colors, I like his, it. His Drew colors, his Drew colors is what he showed. Uh, and then uh, I, I also think you have to give credit to this defense for stepping up, especially the guys in the middle, Manti Teo and, and Craig Robertson, I think they did really, really good in coverage uh, for, for what they did. Not a lot of passes uh, thrown their way. Uh, Keenum, credit him again for, for attacking our corners and getting it to his best receivers uh, and, and credit the receivers for, for, for finding ways to get open. But Manti Teo and Craig Robertson both led the team uh, in tackles. They had 19 combined, uh, and, and Teo had a sack. He just stepped up for the injured AJ Klein, and, and Craig Robertson was there. And you know these are two veteran guys, Robertson more so than Teo, who were in the moment. Uh, and and they and they switched, they they flipped a switch. They were able to figure out how to kind of bottle up this because in the second half the Vikings struggled a little bit rushing the ball, especially compared to what you guys were able to do in the first half. Um, right. So uh, you, you got to give credit to the guys in the middle. Who? who what about you, Tyler? What do you think? Biggest it's thing for the Saints to, to, to come back in this game. Um, it's I'll mention this really quick because uh, the idea popped into my head. I'm sure we maybe after our hiatus we'll talk about it later. But um, you know, going forward, I appreciate the talents that uh, Robertson and Teo bring. But just after watching that game, I know there was one play where um. I think Robertson, man, the Vikings really utilize um, crossing patterns really well. Yeah. But um, just a couple plays, you know, it's just like, man, I, I appreciate what these linebackers bring. But going forward, man, we need somebody quicker as far as that, as far as the linebacker group goes. You yeah. know, Anzalone's pretty athletic. He's gone. A Klein, you know, he, I assume he's faster than Robertson and Tail. He's injured, you know, the Saints really need to draft a linebacker. But as yeah. what you asked me, what I think, you know, kept things in the game, um, Michael Thomas and Drew Brees. Michael Thomas was, you know, people keep on, uh, I've seen on Twitter, pe- people keep on uh, comparing him uh, to Larry Fitzgerald in the postseason because obviously we all know if there's one receiver who's been like the GOAT of receivers when it comes to the postseason, it's Larry Fitzgerald. And Michael Thomas had a really good game, both games, against Carolina and against Minnesota. And just what he was able to do, you know, what Drew was able to do, I've never seen a performance like that. From all the games I've watched uh, Drew Brees play, I've never seen him more clutch in my life. And even he just turned 39, you know, and you have a 38-point 
38-year-old quarterback going on 39, make those plays for your team, despite everything you had you struggled with in the first half. I, I want that guy on my team next year. I don't care. I mean, I, I care how much you pay him, but yeah, I, I want I want my I want my go on the team next year. Please. Me too. Me too. Yeah, um, he was vintage man, and I felt so bad. I saw a photo too. There was a photo of Drew Brees frowning as he was like walking off the field, and my heart uh, yeah. cried a little bit. Yeah, I uh, no. What what really what really solidified that heartbreak for me was. After that touchdown happened uh, with Stefan Diggs, Vikings are celebrating. They go to a shot of Drew Brees uh, dapping it up with Adam Thielen in the middle of the field. And that's when I knew. I was like, that, re- that really just happened. And then it took me another five hours to realize that we're, we're on the bad end of a, a really, really bad meme uh, for us. And, and one of the worst plays to happen for a defense. I like... That that is what happens when you play Madden against your friend who's like really good. And, and you're like, oh, that's total BS. But it happened in real life now and, and that was crazy so and i also think adam you'll probably agree with me and tyler you'll probably agree with me too i think this game also came down to the vikings out coaching the saints uh I, I think that there's three big reasons i say that the first is those challenges sean payton had to use now yeah it, it's coming out that, that the monitors weren't working on the sideline so he wasn't able to get a, uh, get a good look at it but if you're not 100 percent sure and both of those oh, challenges good. occurred in the in the fourth quarter if you're not sure and it's Late in the game, divisional round matchup. You don't don't throw that challenge. Do not throw that challenge play. The first one was okay. Uh, I understood that it was a fast play. Right, it was bang. Uh, they were lining, running up to line up to, mm-hmm. to get rid of the play, making you think, okay, the Vikings may not believe that this was a catch. Yeah. So you know, just throw the flag down, and you know, I, I get it. I get yeah. that one. Second one, I don't get as much. Yeah, me me neither. That 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 second one. What, that second one was just absolutely ridiculous. Cost us our second timeout. Like, luckily, we didn't really need that second timeout. Yeah, we didn't really need the timeout. Right. But still, it's a, it's a, you, and, and, and after that second challenge flag goes out, no matter what happens, you already lost the first one. Even if you win this challenge, you're, you're still out of challenges for the rest of the game. Right. And those really come in handy uh, before the two minutes, especially in a divisional round matchup. Uh, the, the, the second biggest thing where I saw us getting out coached was, Late in the first half, Minnesota was driving. I believe it was, like, third and goal for you guys, or, like, third and ten, and you were near the goal line. Uh, Yeah. And we drop everybody back in coverage except for three guys, and one of those guys dropping back in coverage for us was our Pro Bowl pass rusher, Cameron Jordan. (laughs) Look. He he's he, he's a decent he's a decent coverage guy, especially for for a defensive end. I don't care right. if he's freaking uh, Brian Hawk or Brian Dawkins out there. He needs to be rushing, uh, especially you know a guy like Case. Keenum. He was having a great he was having a great game against he was Rashad doing Hill. Fantastic. There was no answer. Rashad Hill was playing too high. I know Rashad Hill has good feet. And if he could keep low and keep those feet moving, he'd have a chance at blocking. But yeah. he ended up having a really bad game at right tackle. And 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 I just want to ask Dennis Allen, like, why are you dropping him back and go look? He, like I said, he's decent, but he's so good pass rushing. And like you said, he was having a, a great game even up to that point w- with the Saints struggling so much. Uh, you have him rush Case Keenum. Keenum had like uh, I swear Keenum was back in the pocket for like ten or fifteen seconds. It was ten seconds on the clock, yeah. Ten seconds in the pocket. That is that is crazy. And one of my keys to the game was rushing Case Keenum. Luckily, we kind of starting to started to do that uh, second half, but it was still. Saints were getting a lot of hits on Keenum. I they mean, were. they may not have been getting sacks. There, I think there was only two. 
there, on Keenum yeah, during the game. Just two sacks, yeah. But yeah, it was a lot of pressure, a lot of hits. And, and the, even though they weren't bringing Keenum down, the pressure was definitely there. And uh, there was also a really good play before I get to my my third one. Uh, there's a really good play by Everson Griffin. He had his back turn, hand up, tips, oh, yeah. the, tips a Drew Brees pass that 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 I think if it was completed would have gotten us a first down. And that was that was a really clutch play by Griffin. The third one where I saw we where I saw us get out coached uh, was the last play. And 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 you can ask anybody, any analyst. Uh, the setup for the Saints was not 100 percent correct how it should be in that situation. The corners were playing too shallow. You had Ken Crawley up. Uh, and I think Dennis Allen told them um, in the, the Saints took a timeout right before the play, too. So I want to know what happened in the huddle. But I have a feeling Dennis Allen told them, hey, play shallow because I don't want them to get into field goal range at all. I don't care what it is. Just make sure they don't get into field goal range. Try to right. have them try to have Keenum complete it really, really short so that it's it's uh, as long of a field goal as possible. Um, and that's why you saw the corners being really shallow. And, and for some reason, I, I don't know why there wasn't a middle safety. We had Raphael Bush in the game, but he was up in the box when the play started. Kind of dropped back into the middle of the field, but not the middle third of the field, which I think is where you should have a safety there. Just I mean, having, having, having two safeties only back there. And Raphael Bush could have been the, the security blanket for anything, any, anything uh, to happen like that Marcus William missed tackle. If we had Raphael Bush back there uh, to at least try to tackle Diggs after he and, and great play by Diggs by the way to stay on balance. Uh, I mean, even if he here's here's the bad thing about the missed tackle. Even if Diggs didn't stay on balance and went to the ground after he caught that ball, he wasn't touched. He could have gotten up and, and ran. Uh, Williams absolutely just whiffed him. <clears throat> and and I again. Williams, that was that was a bad play on his part. He had a he had a fantastic game. He had a fantastic rookie season. He made the uh, all rookie team. I, I think is what I was just seeing. He's one of the safeties yeah. to yep. to to make the all rookie team. So he had a great season, especially for being a second round pick. He had a good game. He had an interception. Yeah, I messaged him on Twitter and I told him. I said I, I know that he might not read a lot of it, you know. Yeah. But I, I said, um, you know. Keep your head up, young man. Don't let one play define you. The Vikings have a guy who we're trying to get in the Hall of Fame, but it won't happen because he's remembered for one bad play. Jim Marshall will always be remembered for the wrong way run yeah. after picking up a fumble. I and that, yeah. it's, it's such a sad thing because he was such a wonderful player for so much of his career, but he didn't let that one play define him. He went on to have that amazing career. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like, don't let that happen. Don't let that one play stay in your head. Just keep moving forward. And it sounds like he's that's what he wants to do. So Yeah. Well, and they, and we appreciate those kind of words, Adam. Yeah, what's up, Adam? What's up, Tyler? Uh, no, I, I see you. The thing that gets me is, let's say somehow, you know, Diggs catches that pass. Uh, and somehow, you know, Marcus Williams looks up and doesn't whiff the tackle. Mm-hmm. My thing is, I think. Uh, you know, from the photos I've seen, I think he would have been in bounds. Yeah. Do the Saints keep uh, Stephon Diggs, keep on moving enough? You, you know how sometimes you have plays where you'll have, like, a running back fighting for extra yards right. and the time's still clocking down because he isn't officially on the ground? Yeah. Would the Saints have been able to do that? Or yes. would, yes. Uh, you know, Diggs try to have gotten down to give them enough time? He you caught, know, obviously he, he was sad. He caught the ball with like five seconds left. If he goes down right yeah. there, the Vikings don't have time to run up and spike. They're out of timeouts. Uh, the yeah. the 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 thing that they would have tried to do, I believe, if he caught it in bounds, is run up and spike the ball. There because, wouldn't have been anywhere near enough time, and there wouldn't have been near nearly. Uh, yeah, 
And the weird it, thing on that catch is that Diggs' legs were off to the side, and I could see what Williams was doing. Yeah. He was going for the hit, low and outside, to hit him to keep him in bounds. Clock keeps running, game over. Exactly. I get it. Yeah. yeah. But it, it, the way that he landed, even, if, if he would have launched himself out of bounds, which is what I thought he was going to do. Mm-hmm. I thought the play there was to get out of bounds, stop the clock, kick the field goal. Right. Until I realized there was nobody back there. Yeah. Yeah, and again, I think that that was the biggest mistake, is not having at least an egg, like... I don't know. I don't know. I, I I've said my piece about it. That that play will, yeah. will haunt us until until the Saints win a Super Bowl, which hopefully is soon. I think that play is gonna that play will haunt us regardless. But if if like if we come out and win a Super Bowl next year, uh, okay, yeah, that play is fine. I mean, pretty much the same team came out next year, won the thing. We can kind of forget about it. But and, until that happens, uh, yeah, this is a this is a bad memory in my mind. Go ahead. What were we saying, Tyler? Um, no, I, I just agree with you. Yeah, you know, it's unfortunate the way it happened, but what are you going to do about it? And it's funny, Dayton, uh, you too, Adam. I actually another question for you guys, obviously. Uh, Dayton, do you want to list the stats for us while I... Yeah, I... yeah. let's get into some stats. Drew Brees was 25 yeah. of 40. Uh, again, he definitely stepped up in the second half in terms of execution. 25 of 40, 294 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, um, sacked twice for, for loss of 16. He came off a you know really good wild card wild card round against Carolina. Came out in this game a little bit flat. Uh, stepped it up. Still wasn't one of his uh, best or, or better games, so to speak. But you know, decent. Alvin Kamara led the team in rushing with 43 yards on 11 carries. Ingram 10 carries, 25 yards. Like I said, not gonna cut it for us. He got stuffed a couple of times, um, and I think it was Kamara who got stuffed on that third and one late in the game. Uh, and again, if we would have got that first down, we can yeah, we'll, chew some more yeah. time off the clock, kick a field goal with time expired. Um, you shout out to Will Lutz. He almost had a, a game winning field goal for us in the divisional round as such a young guy. Um, Ted Ginn Jr. had that rush for 11 yards. Uh, Michael Thomas led the team in, uh, receiving yards with 85 on seven catches. Ted Ginn Jr. actually led the team. I uh, really like seeing this out of him. And receptions with eight. He had 72 yards. Kamara, four catches, 62 yards, one touchdown. Michael Thomas also had two touchdowns. Um, and and I, I do think one of the other turning points in this game for the Saints was that uh, slant touchdown for Michael Thomas, which I think made it 17-14. to 14. Uh, that, Yeah, Terrence Newman had no chance of keeping up with him on that move. Well, that drive was just very nice for the Saints. It was methodical. We got into rhythm. And then once we get down to that point, you know, it, it's tough for defense to defend, especially, you know, in a all-pro, Pro Bowl wide receiver uh, like Michael Thomas. It's tough to defend them that close when you're playing man-to-man, and, and slant is the best way to beat a cornerback uh, on the goal line. And so, uh, that, that, that Especially was when you got almost a 40-year-old corner playing you. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, again, Manti Teo, Craig Robertson. Teo had 10 tackles, Robertson had 9, Von Bell had 8, Ken Crawley had 6. Rankins had a, a really nice sack on, uh, I think that that was one of my favorite plays of the game too, a sack on Keenum. Um, great to see Rankins. As far as the Vikings go, you had Case Keenum, also 25 of 40, 318 yards. So they both threw the same amount of passes and completed the same amount. Keenum was just able to get more yards out of it. Uh, you got to credit, obviously, the play calling for Minnesota, the receivers there, and Keenum for, for finding them. He was also sacked twice, only for a loss of 10 yards. He had one touchdown, one interception. Uh, that interception was kind of a, if you're Keenum, you're outside of the pocket, you just kind of throw it away. Uh, yeah, that was a horrible decision. It, it was a really bad decision. Uh, and credit Marcus Williams for, that's kind of what we drafted him for, for being a ball hawk, and he was able to go up and get that. Uh, easier interception for him. I, I think it was harder 
than it looked. He, he made it look kind of yeah. easy. Um, but yeah, I think you Keenum throws that ball out, interception doesn't happen, or Keenum throws the ball away, interception doesn't happen. Latavius Murray, 19 carries for 50 yards, he had a touchdown. Uh, Drock McKinnon, eight carries for 34 yards, he also had a touchdown. And then you got Stephon Diggs, like I said, six six receptions, 137 yards, that 61 yard game winning touchdown. Adam Thielen, six catches, 74 yards. So you know each both guys had six catches. Uh, Diggs, obviously more yards, uh, a lot more yards than Thielen, but because of that that uh, long touchdown towards the end. Uh, Wright played really good for you guys. Uh, three catches, 56 yards. I, I was really impressed by him. Yeah, um, yeah, he's he, always been an asset, especially on third down. He's a sneaky option. He 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 really impressed me. Kyle Rudolph had five catches for 28 yards. Uh, we're lucky. Oh. We're lucky. Rudolph didn't go off more. I feel, I feel like, yeah. uh, um, and I don't know. I would I would really have to go back and look at the tape. I don't think Minnesota had too many opportunities to go to Rudolph. Uh, we, we covered him pretty well. Uh, but he was targeted eight times, had had five catches, so I, I liked our coverage on him. But I, 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 yeah. again, I think we got lucky. We, we definitely could have got hurt a lot more. The guy you said was going to be a key player to this game, Adam, Eric Kendricks, led your team in tackles with 10. Um, I, I, I he, he was all over the field, too. Uh, Harrison yeah, Smith. that speed of his. I bet you that's kind of the same exact thing that you're looking for when you're talking about having a mobile Yes. linebacker who can play some coverage because I was so shocked that he was able to drop to the Vikings in the draft because people were so worried that he isn't a bigger linebacker. Right. Uh, Harrison Smith, seven tackles and a sack as well. Yeah, Kendricks is going to be a really good player for you guys for, for years to come. If if uh, And what year was he drafted? Which which draft uh, was that? Wasn't that... Um... I am not sure I to be think, honest. I want to say I want to say I know he's was, only in his second or third season. Yeah, I want to say it was like 2014-2015. Uh so you guys still have him for a couple years on a rookie scale contract, which is yeah. super impressive uh to see how he's been playing. Um and then obviously you had Anthony Barr uh with an interception off Drew Brees and Anthony Sandejo with that um interception in in the first half. And you also had Willie Sneed First time this happened all season, and I, again, I think it was a good play. Willie Sneed had that throw. First time all season, somebody other than Drew Brees threw a pass for the Saints. That would have been um, a touchdown. And that, uh, yeah. Uh, well, at the very least, it would have been a huge so game. So close. I think, I think Smith was right there. Uh, it probably would have forced Kamara out of bounds unless Kamara could make a move. But that, that man, that would open up the floodgates. But luckily for the Saints, I, I think that that was also earlier in the game. Uh, and it was still while we were down anyway, and we were able to come back despite missing that play. So that was still yeah. that was still okay. Willie Snead was very frustrated about it, but he did have a catch, very clutch catch yeah. on fourth yes, down, gain of thirteen yards, kept us in the game. That 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 was great. That helped us kick that field goal. But uh, Tyler, I do admit that I I still hate trick plays. I hate them. Yeah. Like the Vikings running a double reverse. Why? Right. Right. And sometimes, and, and then again, it all depends on on. For for trick plays, at least for me, what I've seen, it all depends on the talent of the player that you're designing the trick for. That player is because the play call is the play call. It's going to be like a double reverse. You practice it all the time. You're most likely going to execute right. it. It's going to depend on the talent of that guy. Like how fast is he going to get around the edge? How good are the blocks going to be? How good is the throw going to be? So at the end of the day, with trick plays, it, it's more so uh, the player than the uh, the the actual call. Tyler, you mm-hmm. got another question? Well, I, I want to mention, too, uh, Dean, I don't know if you remember, but do you remember who I said uh, the key of this game was last week? Um, Who did you say? You had a couple of keys. Who was the player Willie you Sneed. said? It was Willie Sneed. Willie You're right. Sneed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And he and, made that clutch catch. Yeah. And I, I was really surprised we picked Willie Sneed just because he hasn't been involved yet. But you saw Peyton try to yeah. get him the throw, and then you saw that 
clutch catch towards the end. Before we get into game balls, which will end the segment, anything else you guys want to talk about this game? I'll start with you, Adam. Obviously, Minnesota fan base is feeling ecstatic right now. You guys know you have to take care of business on Sunday against the Eagles, but still, I'm, I'm I do have to... one uh, one topic I really do want to talk. Let's to you do about. it. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, how what what is the feeling around the New Orleans Saints fandom about their coach mocking other teams? So. Oh, I, I... Go ahead, Tyler. You, you can take it, Dan. Okay, well, he, here's the thing about Peyton. He is um, a loud mouth. Uh, he's mm-hmm. very intense in games, and, and we see this all the time. I even I, I talked about it also after the Jets game. Um, he's, he's just so animated passionate. on the sideline. He's passionate, he's right. animated, but there, there was the, the play against the Jets where they tried to onside kick it, and it went out of bounds. One of the Jets players is going after it, comes near Sean Payton. Sean Payton starts yelling at him, berating the guy right in his face, yelling, it's our ball, our ball. And uh, I, I asked Mark about it. He was our guest at that point on the show. I asked him about it, and I said, I, I wonder why Payton was yelling. And he said, oh, it's because uh, if you remember back in the day, Sean Payton like, tore his ACL when a player ran into him on the sideline. I remember. And that almost happened again with that player. And, and I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But at the same time, you can't do stuff like that. So when I see Sean Payton making fun of, and I again, I don't know yeah, if, if this doing was the true. skull chap, it was clap the, on the sideline there, the, the, and it makes it even worse when you know that he did the same kind of thing against the Falcons earlier I was just this about year to say that. with Devonte Freeman and the choke symbol. It's like yeah. I, I get that he's upset and frustrated. The fans are yeah. probably super loud and annoying with that clap, and there were fans behind him, you know, with the skull dat and weed dat chance and all yeah. that. And I can understand that getting in your head, but. You know, you're a professional NFL right. coach. Come on, man. Well, you, and, and as the coach, you have to be the most professional guy on that team. Uh, obviously, everybody needs to be professional. This is a pro league. But as a head coach, you need to set that example. You need to be the pro. Uh, with that Devontae Freeman choke, that's kind of what started this 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 thing through the past few weeks of Sean Payton kind of just being um, very interesting on the sideline. Almost, almost – and for for the Vikings in, in this instance, I think that it was really rude of him to to, to, to do that, unsportsmanlike. Um, and with that Devontae Freeman choke, it's still unsure whether or not it was uh, uh, directed towards um, the Viking or the Falcons actually choking, or if it was him trying to get the referee's attention for a hold or whatever the the story was. Uh, if it was true against the Falcons, you can't be doing that stuff, especially since we lost that game. The Jets thing against that guy. You just got to calm yourself down. You don't need to, you know, yell at a player right in his face, uh, when, especially when the game is over like that. And then with the Vikings, um, yeah, they, I think that that was the worst of the worst. Frustration. Um, I mean, I obviously, you, we obviously have to, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because feelings with Sean Payton, again, and I just said we got out coached by the Vikings. Feelings with Sean Payton are very on edge right now. We still back him up. We still believe in him. But, um, and, and, and I don't think Payton should be fired at all or anything. I, I don't think his job should be um, questioned at all at this point. But um, I, w- I would love to see some more, or at least less unsportsmanlike behavior out of him. No doubt about it, especially that, that Vikings one. That was very um, disappointing to see. Do you agree, Tyler? Uh, it's funny you say that. I, I think I sort of disagree. Because, you know what I mean? Uh, without Sean Payton, like, uh, can we just take a moment and, like, almost like uh, – just congratulate Sean Payton for making almost like this identity for himself. Given it's not exactly the best identity, but how funny is that uh, Sean Payton practically schools these young guys, you know, even if they're on other teams. It's basically this 50-something, if he's even younger than that, older than that, 
uh, your old man uh, losing his mind on simple plays. Like it, it's funny if you ask me. I, it, you know, if it wasn't for the game, I would gladly watch an hour and a half, two, three hours worth of Sean Payton losing his mind. You know, like I think it, it comes with the. I think it comes with the territory of him being risky, him having a uh, balls of steel, him, you know, being passionate. I think it. Well, it's just all one persona that Sean Payton uh, personifies. And I enjoy... Well, Sean Payton did say that it's all good playoff fun, I believe is the quote he said. Something yeah, like that. And, and I, I love it, though. Sean Payton... As is... long as it doesn't cost him anything, you know, like, it, as long as he doesn't get fined, doesn't get in trouble... I like it. I think it makes it... I don't know. I would have liked to have seen a little more... I I, I know that I'm old school where, you know, you be classy. It's smash mouth football, but at the end of the day, you shake hands. You know, it's that kind of, like, mentality that I like about professional football. Yeah. And to me, uh, and a lot of other Vikings fans, this leaves an even more sour taste in their mouth towards the Saints franchise, and I hate to see that. Yeah, Because I'd love to see just two teams go head-to-head, not all this extra... You know, firepower. It makes it funny, though. Well, here's the thing, Tyler. Here's the thing, Tyler. I agree with you to a point. I think the point you're missing on this is doing stuff like that when in a pro league like that is just really unsportsmanlike. Con- again, oh, Payton, I know I know it's wrong, but Payton's it's not entertaining. Do- is what I'm getting oh, it's amusing as hell. It's Don't give me that. But, hey, it's not entertaining. It makes for great television. It, it's, and now, look, Vikings fans are going to eat it up because Peyton is doing this. Peyton took the L. His Peyton led his team. They took the L in this game, and then it, like he doesn't have any room to be mocking the fans. Uh, and then you look at again Sean Payton, greatest coach in Saints history. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna be a Hall of Fame guy. Um, my favorite coach of all time. He he's he's a great guy. But when you do something like that after a loss, and then you look at Drew Brees goes out right onto the field after that play, and, and he's you know shaking hands with with the Vikings, and you know he is a pro pro. Sean, Sean Payton needs to uh, Sean, I mean Sean Payton's older than Drew Brees uh, if only by like what I think it's like 14 years they're separated by um, but he's still older and it seems like Sean Payton kind of needs to follow suit with Brees more often in terms of being respectful and, and, and sportsmanlike um, so but you know I agree with you to point Tyler it is fun it's amusing but when you lose a game and again it happened against Atlanta that's why I mean Saints won the game against Atlanta nobody really talks about that that, that choke thing but we lost that game and it was a really bad look for our team as a whole because Peyton represents the team more so. Maybe maybe Breeze. Other than that, more so than anybody, Sean Peyton represents this team uh, to the fullest to the fullest extent. And if he's doing stuff like that, it's 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 really uncalled for. So yeah, um, let let's move on. Let's talk about let's do game balls. Let's wrap this segment up. Um, game balls. We'll start with you, Adam. Give a game ball to one of your uh, Vikings who end up winning the game. Who, who are you going to give it yeah, to? Yeah, on Purple People Podcast, I give away my game ball as well. And on there, I gave it to Anderson Dejo, who was having an amazing game up until he got knocked out. And I feel like if he could have been in that game for more, it would have been a lot tighter at the end. I think the Saints wouldn't have had as easy of a time passing the ball. So, yeah, yeah I went with Anderson Dejo on mine. If you had to give a game ball to a Saint player, uh, Tyler, who would you give it to? Even though we lost. If you had to give, give um, a game ball. Uh, I, I would give it to Alvin Kamara if the Saints used him more, but they didn't. So yeah. well, but um, that's why I want. I was going to mention at the very end, you know, um, final uh, thoughts regarding that. But that's just my final thoughts. But um, Drew Brees, he's a goat. He's vintage, clutch. He, he's nearing forty years old. The dude can still ball like he's twenty. So yeah. Drew Brees, 
that's my game ball. I like it. Um, if I had to give it, I'm 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 gonna give it to Marcus Williams. Uh, again, he had that interception. He had a great game uh, this entire season. He had the best um, missed tackle percentage. So he he in, in terms of the opportunities he had and the ones that he missed, he had the best ratio among rookie safeties, and I think among rookie uh, defensive backs as a whole in the entire NFL. Uh, so and uh, again, like Adam. Uh, pointed out earlier and i'm really glad you 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 messaged him uh that was really awesome of you adam but you can't let one play to find your your career young guy uh all the saints are giving him love and support the majority of Houdat nation is also giving him love and support of course there's some outliers the the jerks out there and then the trolls oh, there's bad fans in every fan <laughs> there's really bad ones and you know you hate to see that but i think the majority of Houdat nation is giving him love and support as are his teammates i want to give him the game ball just you know that play just because that play happened doesn't mean we lost the game because of you, uh, Marcus, uh, if, if somehow you're listening. Um, and that's why I give my game ball to. Also, you had that interception, which also helped turn the momentum in favor of the Saints because that was, that was again, a bad play by Keenum, but uh, Williams made that interception look easy. He had to go up there. I think the intended uh, target was Thielen, and he was obviously trying to get the ball too, if not knock it down. Two Saints in the area. Williams comes up with it. Great play by him. Helped swing us the momentum, and uh, he, he needs that confidence back in him. So um, we're going to take a really, really quick break. Well, for us, it's like three seconds of silence for you guys. It's about a, a minute. We're going to come back, take about 10 minutes to sum up the rest of the NFL playoff uh, divisional round games that we saw this weekend, which were pretty crazy. So uh, stick around. We'll be right back. All right, guys, welcome back. We are going to jump into the rest of the NFL right now. There were um, some, th- there were three other games um, this weekend. Our teams weren't the only ones to play, obviously. Uh, the Titans traveled to Foxborough, and absolutely no one was surprised with the outcome. Literally saw a <laughs> no. Patriots fan um, on, I believe it was the day of the game, or the day before it was that Saturday. And uh, I said, are you guys excited to win by 21 points against the Titans? And look, they won 35 to 14. So shout out to me. Uh, they're reaching their, <laughs> their seventh consecutive AFC championship game. I, I had to double check that because I read that on Twitter. and I was like, there's no way that's true. So impressive. And it's true. Seventh consecutive AFC championship game. Um, the Jaguars and then the other AFC divisional round matchup. The Jaguars did stun most of us. Yes, uh, they did. By defeating the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road 45 to 42, which I, I told you guys last week it's going to happen. You did and I and I'm really glad you did. I think Calais Campbell also called it too. I don't know if you guys have seen the video, but he goes, "I don't care if we uh, beat Pittsburgh 3 to nothing or 45 to 42. We're going to win either." And they won 45 to 42. That was awesome. Yeah. Wow. Um, it yeah. showed off showed off their amazing defense. Uh the Steelers almost came back Almost. I mean, they, they were trailing by like 14 points, 21 points for majority of the game. Only lost by three. They had a last-second touchdown to Juju Smith. But um, if the drive before, if if the Jaguars missed that field goal and yet the Steelers score, eh, that's a tied game. We go into overtime. So that could have been yep. a, a really incredible comeback. But hats off to the Jaguars. Absolutely dominated. Yeah. Uh, they'll face I guess setting up a Jaguars-Patriots yeah. conference final, that's going to be – I think it's going to be closer than a lot of people think. It's it's setting up a Blake Bortles Super Bowl MVP. That's that's what it's setting up. Um, <laughs> they, yeah, they'll face each other on Saturday. The other NFC game featured the Eagles and the Falcons. This was actually this was a really good game. I think a lot of people, obviously, the Falcons were favored in this game. More people picked the Falcons than the Eagles, even though the Eagles were the one seed. Um, nope. This was a shootout. This was a good game. Eagles ended up um, beating the Dirty Birds fifteen to ten. And the Eagles are going to play at home against the Vikings in Philly uh, this Sunday, which I think will be a really good game. Um, yeah. I, I, th- I think it's going to be a battle of defenses. 
uh, to be quite honest with you. This Eagles defense is really good. I think this Vikings defense is great. So, Adam, we'll start with you. Which win impressed you the most over the weekend? Um, I, I When I picked all the other games right, I've got to say that I, I did not see the Eagles really even contending with Atlanta this week. I, I went into this game, and I expected Atlanta to just put on an offensive clinic even though the Eagles' defense is really good. I didn't see yeah. the Eagles being able to move the football at all, which they really didn't much. Uh, and I, I, by watching that game, I feel a lot better about the Vikings' chances against Philadelphia because if if the Eagles can only put up, you know, 10, 17 points, I like Minnesota's chances because their offense is decent enough mm-hmm. to get those points up there. So, yeah, I'm, I, I kind of wanted Atlanta to win so that, you know, Minnesota could face the Falcons at U.S. Bank Stadium. Mm-hmm. That home field advantage is crazy, but... Yeah, it's that the Eagles, they, they sure impressed me. You guys don't have to travel too far, too, which is, I mean, going from Minneapolis to uh, Philadelphia is Yeah, too, not too bad. Too bad, so, and then if you guys win, you just come right back home, which which will be, I I'm, I'm that's I, I think that's the, the two main reasons pulling for the Vikings. One, if your team loses, you know, you, you, you're going to want to root for the team that beat you so that you can say, hey, I lost to the Super Bowl champions. Uh, in the playoffs, yeah. uh, and then the other one is I really want to see you guys not o- not only <laughs> not only a home Super Bowl, but a home Super Bowl for the Vikings after this. Hey, the only other time year. there's been a home Super Bowl was the Miami Dolphins in Ace Ventura. <laughs> yes, I rem- oh yeah, when he was trying to find the uh, <laughs> try- that that's a great movie, and I totally forgot about that. Uh, so wonderful, and it, it, yeah, that and if you play, I don't know if you guys play Madden eighteen. Apparently the Super Bowl was in Gillette Stadium, according to Madden, because if when they play the opening thing, they they're showing the Super Bowl like recap, you know, like some of the plays yeah. did. But it was at Gillette Stadium with the Patriots logo in the middle of the field, and that weird. really confuses me. That's really weird. But yeah, I'd love to see that uh, in reality. The first uh, home <laughs> in, Super in Bowl. Reality. Um, Tyler, uh, which one impressed you the most over the weekend? Um, I'm gonna go with the Jaguars simply yeah. because you know it's unfortunate they uh. They let uh, Big Bang and Company put up 42, but they put up 45 points. And uh, Blake Bortles it didn't complete many passes. He didn't throw many either. But the fact that it's just absurd right now how they they were able to for the most uh, for the most part dominate the game by you know for the most part they were ahead by you know one or two possessions sometimes three. And it was just insane. You know uh, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I can't wait to see uh, if they win again. Uh, you know, uh, when it comes to uh, sports media coverage, what he'll say, they'll be really funny. But, um, yeah, I, I'm hoping, I'm praying, really, because I do not like the Patriots. If the if the Jaguars are able to put up 45 against the Steelers, uh, uh, force Big Ben to make several, uh, you know, interceptions, mistakes, I'm hoping they can do the same to Brady. I'm just praying they do that, though. Yeah, I, I'm not. Looking, I won't be looking forward to the Super Bowl if the Patriots are in it. So well, that, I would love to see a Jaguars Vikings Super Bowl. That would be amazing. Keenum versus Bortles. I mean, either way, coming out of the NFC, you're going to see two quarterbacks who you didn't expect to see in the Super Bowl at right. the beginning of this year. So that's really exciting to you know kind of see that parity. And then if the Jaguars win, you know that that's the that's a Super Bowl matchup we didn't think. So that leads me yeah. in. We'll start with you, Tyler. Final topic okay. of this podcast predict each championship game you don't have to really give me a score if you have a score in mind for each one give it to me whatever uh you don't but pick a winner for each game who do you who do you think's um, going who, who i think or who i want is who you think i don't care what you want man who do you think's gonna <laughs> he win? wants the jaguars so bad he's yeah. gonna be the patriots exactly. I, I get where he's at because that's, that's where i'm at too yep 
that hopefully if I think it, it'll become exi- it, it will. Th- I'll think it into existence. All three Jaguars of us just need Titans. to. Yeah, all three of us just need to think about it, and it'll happen. Jaguars <laughs> rule law. That's why I've got Jaguars and Vikings. Yep, that's who I have too. Who do you have, Adam? It's gonna be Patriots Vikings. I, yeah, yeah, Ooh. yeah. Well, okay. As much as I don't want it to be that combination, it's what it's gonna be. Say, say it's going to be Jaguars Vikings real quick. Say, say Jaguars. <laughs> just keep picturing it in my head. Make it a just, reality. Just say Come it, on. and it'll happen. No, I, I actually wouldn't mind seeing the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I know, um, I, I'm not one of those people that, that really hate on the hate on the Patriots. Uh, I really enjoy their success. I really enjoy being alive for uh, uh, football dynasty. You don't get Ooh, to see these they? often. I know. I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I'm um, uh, hugging up to, I guess, public enemy number one for NFL fans. But know who is <laughs> the, uh, the Patriots, again, you don't see dynasties like this often. Um, you can dislike them, but you still got to respect you them. You have to respect the team, the success, everything about yeah. that that organization for the most part. That and, and, again, their image is tainted because of the cheating allegations and, and those fines and suspensions yeah. that come from them. But if you just look at their on-field play, this has been one of the best teams. And so many coaches in the NFL wouldn't be here without Bill Belichick and, and what that team has been able to do. Uh, and some of the most exciting games we've ever seen wouldn't have happened without the New England Patriots, especially last year's Super Bowl. So I, w- I would love to see the Patriots in another Super Bowl. I'd love to see them travel to Minnesota to, to play the Vikings. Um, I, I think the worst Super Bowl matchup is going to be Eagles-Patriots. Um, I don't know. I just don't feel like there's... I don't think the Eagles can contend with the Patriots. Yeah, and there's not... And again, there's not enough storylines there, to be honest with you. And I'm thinking of this as a media fan outside perspective. Not going to be enough headlines if it's Eagles Patriots. Um, I don't know. But if it, if it's Vikings Patriots, you have what home Super Bowl, improbable team making it, uh, you, and then you have the Patriots uh, against securing another Super Bowl playing at U.S. Bank Stadium. So, Adam, thank you so much again for joining us. It was an absolute oh, pleasure no having you on. Plug away one more time at your social media where people can find you uh, before we go to the outro. Yeah, shoot me over a message, MN Viking Zombie on Twitter. That's me. You can send me messages. We can talk about football, wrestling, uh, really, Walking Dead, uh, anything. I'm, I'm there to chat and trying to get a little more active on Twitter, so, so hit me up over there if you would. You can check out some of the Vikings stuff on the Viking Age. UndeadWalking.com is where you can check out some a lot of great stuff on the Walking Dead. Purple People Podcast, weekly show. We run straight throughout the year. So make sure to check it out every once in a while, especially the episode that we got on Saints, because uh, the, there, there was a lot of a lot of good chat there, and I think that it could get some of you guys either fired up or nodding in agreement. I don't know which. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do appreciate you guys having me on, and it, it was great that you invited me back because I had a good time last time, and I hope that we can come back next year to talk about the Saints and the Vikings in the conference yes. championship. Oh, yes. Really hoping that happened. I just followed you on twitter by the way adam i really actually enjoyed Much your twitter obviously we had to message you to get you on the show so i yeah. already looked through your twitter it's great um and if for any of you walking dead fans it is like you said to begin the show perfect time and tyler's a fan too perfect time for walking dead fans right now you have a second half of the season coming up you have a brand yep. new season for the separate show happening and then you get green lit for uh, and uh, I, I i honestly hope the walking dead doesn't end anytime soon just because of the quality it's They're it's, it's brought in terms of shows and yeah. how big of a fandom it's it's brought so that's great that you get to cover that as well 
Uh, and yeah, Fansite is a great network. I recommend you checking out any of the sites on the network. It's it's a fantastic yeah. place to get a lot of news, information, opinions, really anything. So no matter what you like, there's probably something on the Fansided network you'll yep. enjoy. And Not both, of, married, both of us are via Fansided as well. So speaking of which, Tyler, it's time for your world-famous outro, man. Yeah, there you go. Now, uh, before I get my world-famous outro, you know our typical uh, uh, ending saying that we always say, who that, should I end it? With playing the champagne, or should I wait for that for the next episode? Let's wait. Let's wait for the next one for, okay. for the season That's recap, cool. which will be on uh, Thursday. Yep. Okay. Uh, so yeah, thanks guys so much for tuning in. Uh, make sure to check us out on Twitter. That's the main social media account where you can find everything we do: polls, questions, guests, everything you want to know about this podcast. Check us out there at the WDD Podcast. You can follow Dayton Brown at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. You can follow me at Raymond Tyler M. You can check out uh, on Facebook if you like to Who That Dish itself, uh, the the account that we roll with that you can see all the amazing articles. Just search Who That Dish on Facebook. You can find this podcast similar to Adam's podcast on iTunes, on YouTube, on Vlogs Talk Radio. Just search the Who That Dish podcast. But yeah, thanks so much for tuning in and uh, we'll be looking for you where you check us out. So, yeah, and like I said, on Thursday will be our final um, podcast talking about the Saints 2017-18 season. We'll be having Mark George on as a guest. We might also get one more guest on to be uh, determined, but obviously Mark will be on the show for sure as a guest helping us recap the Saints season. Uh, and then I believe next week we will also be having a, a podcast episode. It's either going to be before or after the Super Bowl talking about we'll, we'll have Christian Catanacci of Catch the Blitz on. Kind of talking about uh, the season as a whole in the NFL, Super Bowl matchup, whatnot. Kind of previewing the draft a little bit. Uh, and then we'll, we'll be off for about a month, month and a half. And then get right back into draft talk, prospects, bringing on some more guests. Maybe even doing some really, really early uh, previewing of uh, some of the teams the Saints will be playing in the regular season. Uh, just to kind of, you know, get, get the ball rolling. So... Stay tuned for that. If you follow our Twitter, you won't miss out on anything at the WDD Podcast. Like Tyler was saying, that's where we will keep you up to date 24-7. So, again, thank you, everybody, so much for listening. We hope you're doing better today than you were on Sunday for all you Saints fans. And we welcome, obviously, all the Vikings fans listening. Congrats on the win. Very, very awesome game. One of the best games. Uh, I I think anybody will ever see one of the best endings. Uh, And even though we were on the wrong side of it, it was still great to to go to the playoffs after an 11-5 season. So, Um, Again, guys, thanks so much for listening and supporting us. It's been a great journey. Uh, We'll talk to you on Thursday. Again, thanks for listening. And who that? Who that?